Hey guys, and welcome back to Frontboards and Four Baggers, episode 23. I'm Eddie with Cornhole Bag Reviews. We got Corbin with Corbin's Cornhole Reviews, and another special guest today, fresh off his national singles victory. We got Matthew Creekiller. How's it going, buddy? Good. Good, man. Appreciate you joining us today. So, fresh off a national singles win, which I know uh, they said they were talking a lot on the broadcast about how you and Jacob were like this hot team coming into doubles and maybe didn't have the best showing in Vegas, and then all of a sudden you come into uh, the last national and just and just kill it. And I think the thing that impressed me the most about watching you on TV is how like it almost like you didn't care that you were on TV. Like like mm-hmm. your face, the way you were throwing, it just looked like you were just playing another game. Like it didn't seem like the nerves were really bothering you. You're just like I'm just gonna throw bags and throw bags. Um, which you shooting against Alex Rawls, you could definitely see more nerves on his end or, or really trying to formulate shots. Um, what do you think? I mean, were you just not nervous going into it? Were you just trying to play your own game or what were you feeling like? The first two rounds I was nervous, but after that it was just cornhole. <laughs> it was just cornhole. Yeah. You look composed the yeah. entire time. Well, and just some of the shots you were hitting. I mean, not just the roll bags. Obviously, you're known for a really good roll bag, but like the ridiculous 70 degree cut you're hitting around his bag. Like, uh, and then and then at certain points of the game, you were just going hole for hole. You were like, you weren't worried about like uh, we're going for the block game at all. You were just like, I'm just gonna I'm just yeah. gonna race for a little bit. Um, I mean, all in all, it just was a really consistent game to watch. I, one of the things I find super interesting that Trey was talking about is your bag basically rolls all the time. <laughs> like when you're throwing a slide shot, it's like bouncing oh, yeah. into the hole, like the whole mm-hmm. the whole way up. I mean, is that has that been something you've always done like that? I mean, is it always just had that little bit of jump on you? Like the more I practice the roll shot, the more angle my bat my back had on it when I try to slide it in. I think it just naturally does that now. Okay, I mean, I'm sure me and Corey could both uh, attest to that when you're trying to learn the roll shot. All of a sudden, all your bags are right to left oh, yeah. tip on it. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, you've able you've been able to rein it in. I know I had to relearn how to play cornhole because it screwed me over <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk a little bit about the bag you're throwing. So I got a version here, but the BG Vikings is kind of like your go-to. You're looking at like a four-seven speed, that soft carpet with that fast side you see on a lot of bags now. Neptunes, you know, chaos, a lot, a lot of bags. 90 bucks plus shipping. So why do you think you ended up on the Viking? Like how long you've been throwing them and how did, how did it kind of that pairing come for you? I started throwing them right after the pro qualifier at Rock Hill. And they, I threw them because I threw Reynolds before I threw Vikings and they, I like the sticky bags because I can make them do whatever I want. Sure. And you feel like you can manipulate these, do whatever you want with them. And the version that you're throwing too, it looks like yours are Velcro. I mean, yours are like yeah. glue sticks because <laughs> cause I've seen you throw them on fast bags and you're still whipping them like the boards are glue. So, <laughs> um, But you like bags getting that sticky? Yeah, I just, uh, we have a shop or Jacob has a shop we throw at his house and we'll just uh, slide the bags across the floor just to get them sticky as we can. <laughs> hey, that, I mean, that's what I do with the side. It works. But yeah, I need a little bit more dirt. Um but that, that that's awesome. So the uh, we'll go into a little bit. Or Corbin, why don't you talk a little bit about carpet bags? I know you had a couple questions. Well, yeah, carpet because we love yeah, it. That's his, um, that's his thing. Yeah, I'm I'm all into carpet. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. No one likes it around me. Um, so I mean, Vikings, you're huge. Have you thrown Mercs much? Do you like switch to a quicker bag ever? Or do you just really stick with Vikings for the most part? Stick with Vikings. Just Vikings. Just Vikings. Everything so else you- is like too fast for me or I just can't get them the way I want them to feel. So even if the boards are super sticky, you're just going to throw harder. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Uh, you're a better man do than you me. Like, do you like <laughs> fast boards or do you like sticky boards? I like sticky boards, but not too sticky. Sure. Because too sticky, you start hanging up a little bit. Yeah, they start going. I start setting blockers I don't want to set, and I just want to go in the hole most. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the tough part with that Viking fast side is I always find that sometimes on sticky boards, the Viking fast side is slower than the carpet when the when the boards get sticky yeah. enough. Uh, so it makes like almost like you try to push through, and it rolls just as good as the carpet does. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get into uh, Cornell? How long have you been playing? You know, was it just backyard with family into getting a little better? Or what's your, kind of your story? So on my 18th birthday, my sister brought down like a set of Alabama boards that are like paper thin. And we, we were throwing Walmart bags at the time. And that's how I started. Then after that, we started playing with my cousins and we just started playing like every day, almost three to four times a week, probably outside. Nice. And then uh, does your area you're in now, where, where are you based, by the way? Uh, it's it's called Clouds Creek, but it's like people around our area, like there's a bigger Grand Lake beside us. That's what people know around sure. me anyway, but it knows where I live. Yeah. So is your area pretty good for like, like, so obviously you got into Cornell on your 18th birthday. How did you get into, was it, did you try out a blind draw or like, how'd you get into the kind of competitive side of uh, Cornell? Uh, they have, it's called OCA. It's Oklahoma ran events and we just started going to those. Yeah. And does it, is it a pretty good, is there a good competition around you to learn? Like, I mean, grow up the ranks faster or. Yeah. There's like over 200 people that come to those events. So it's a big thing in Oklahoma. Okay. And then what, what was your path to pro? Is it just like you were playing in these events and you're like, well, I want to, I, I'm pretty good at them. Or was it like you were getting a bunch of ACL points, the qualifier, like what, what was, when was kind of the moment you're like, I want to, keep going so two months before the qualifier in rock hills whenever i started practicing every day and like taking it serious and then i went to rock hill didn't qualify got got be in my single elimination game and then went to our conference championship where they had the last chance qualifier and i won that so you really haven't been playing competitive cornhole that long no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody else we have on here is like, oh, yeah, you know, five, six years in, I've been working oh, yeah. my way up. He's like, I don't know. I went to the qualifier thing and now I'm winning nationals. I don't know. I just, whatever. Playing competitive in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you get good in a state that's good, then I mean, that that's basically like going pro anyway, because you're already playing against top tier talent all the time. Um, so now that, now that you're pro, are you, how much are you traveling to play? Are you playing every weekend? Are you driving around a lot? Are you going to all the opens? Like what's kind of been your schedule now that you, once you made pro? Yeah, we, we play about every weekend. We just got off of a, uh, nine, nine weekend straight trip of Cornhole every weekend. And you and, uh, Jacob travel together then? Yeah. Yeah. His parents drive us around. Well, that's awesome nice. then that you guys have that together. It makes it a lot easier to be a team too when you can just play every single event together. Oh, yeah. Or what you said about your, the shop sounds like you guys practice together too, and um, which I mean yeah. definitely will help, help help being a good team. But um, what do you think is the biggest thing that people maybe don't understand about being a pro, and even going from your Oklahoma thing to to now playing in the nationals, and even if it was great competition, like what have you seen change playing against pros? Oh, uh, you have to. It's like. 
it's all about your mental. You have to have a good mental game just as well as your cornhole game because it's it takes a lot of work. And what do you mean by like just like staying composed or like just because it's long days or what do you think pros have to like? Why do you think it's so much more important for them their mental game? Long days and you have to stay focused all day. Yeah, you cannot take a game off. No, you can't. No, but well, nowadays anybody can beat you. Like all two hundred and fifty pros yeah. are very good. Um, yeah. which I, I mean, we're getting to that point now that even qualifying to be a pro every year is going to be a slugfest, you know, with even all these mm-hmm. new kids coming up this season. I mean, I think I heard a stat the other day that said 15,000 new people find cornhole a month, like find competitive cornhole a month, like whether it's a blind draw or something like that. And so, I mean, given another year or two, that's, you know, 200,000 more people that are going to want to Jeez. compete for that top 200 people, you know, um, but is there any specific players right now that you think, you maybe got their number. They got your number. Like, is it you got any, you got any rivals or someone you want to beat right now? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe the only person that comes to mind that I haven't beat yet, and they beat me three times or two. It's Eric Davis. <laughs> well, he likes yeah. playing that messy role, do whatever the yeah. heck he likes to do. Game so. I definitely think I think someone else said Eric that we had on here as well, and I think the big reason for it is oh, just I think so. Yeah, I think that he just really brings out he forces you to make stupid decisions. Like, yeah. like he, he you can't just play your normal game against him. And even if you can play your normal game, it's almost like he makes you not play your normal uh-huh. game because you know yeah. he's not because he's going to make those stupid yeah. shots. And you're like, how did you pull that off? Yeah, you're Bring like, well, I should block behind cut. here. Yeah, you're like, I should <laughs> yeah. block behind, and then you block behind, and then you give up points. You're like, I guess I could, should never do that. <laughs> right. Um, what do you think makes him so difficult? It's just like the the random stuff he does, or. Yeah, those difficult shots he makes and knowing that when he makes those, you have to make it right back just to, like, wash with them. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then is there a specific type of player that you like or don't like playing against most, whether it's fast, slow, fast bags only, blockers? Like, I mean, what kind of game messes with you the most? I don't know right now. I think I can play good <laughs> Any type of game right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, let's that's say you play against uh, say you play against Damon Dennis, who takes his time every because you're a rhythm guy. I mean, you're just whipping back like instantly, right? Is it hard when someone's taking twenty seconds between every single shot for you, or are you just able to kind of zone in? Yeah, that's, that's when you have to focus more. Whenever people start doing that, yeah. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference between advanced players and pros, like high advanced players? Is it just consistency? Is it you know, I mean, what do you think makes the biggest difference for that next step of talking to a high advanced players? I think it's consistency and mental. Mental? Just staying focused yeah. for that long? Yeah. Staying focused and knowing that you can do what you want, that's a good thing to have. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think, I mean, and yeah. that's why I think it's really cool that you only, I mean, like we joke, like you only throw Vikings, but I think there's a level of understanding around the bag to know, like I can make this cut. I can push these bags. Like I can like, you, cause you know, I can do this. I've done it a million times rather than like yeah. you grab a wizard and you try to throw a cut and then it doesn't cut enough and goes off the back. And you're like, Oh, my Viking would have cut there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and that just all goes to the consistency. I mean, you rarely see, maybe we saw the lucky, I mean, we saw Alex throw pro snipers into surefires and some of the lucky guys will do that often, but not too many other players switch bags like throughout a day, yeah. if ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, since being on the national, do you feel like 
you have a difference in confidence knowing that you can handle that stage now or, or was it was it all kind of the same? I mean, has anything changed since that for you? Yeah, because when we went to the first national, it was kind of like I didn't know what to expect. But when we went to the second national, I knew what to expect and I knew what I had to do. Yeah. And what do you think? What do you think shocked you the first national? Was it just how long the days were or just like how hard every single game was going to be? I mean, what, what was the what was the hardest part of the first national to the second? Like, what would you have to learn? I learned like you have to focus all day and then you have to play really good people no matter what round you're in. Yeah. Especially that first national, there was no seeding. It was just like a random draw because they didn't have anything to pull from. So, I mean, yeah. you could get Jamie Graham and a Matt Guy if you get a good enough bracket. Sure. So, like, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's what we're seeing now. I mean, like, no one, not many people have heard of uh, the sure shot guys before the first national, and then they take down doubles. You know, I mean, it's just, it could be anybody's day to, to, to win at this point, you know? Um, well, Corbin, why don't you talk a little bit about his throwing style? Because we talked about the rhythm. Yeah. And, in the bags yep let's jump into that uh because i am curious so your throwing style you know you're a stander you're not stepping uh your bag definitely has that tilt on it mostly because your roll um butterfly grip and then you know as we touched on your bag does kind of bounce up the board as you throw uh is that a style that you always had is that how you started throwing bags like even when it was the walmart bags and you know crappy boards yeah i think when we were throwing the walmart bags i always had that line drive kind of throw and then whenever i switched to rentals it just helped me out and then bg it's just good for me it's just that much better so were you throwing pro advantage yeah i was on pro advantages yeah okay i kind of figured um so you've never stepped you've never i mean you haven't been playing terribly long but have you ever changed your grip to get better consistency or i think the only time i would change something about my grip is the way i hold the bag like where the seam faces Okay. Faces up right now. Okay. So right. just very simple changes. That's it. Yeah. I actually had a question about yeah. it. I forgot to ask this during that. How do you break in your Vikings? I know you said you throw them across the, the garage floor, but do you do anything at the beginning? I know some people boil them. Some people wash them with softener. I mean, is there anything that you do other than throw them? I'll actually put conditioner just on the seams and then throw them in the washer mm-hmm. and dryer. Okay. Conditioner on the seams. Right, okay. And I then can throw see them that, for yeah. like 100 plus hours. <laughs> yeah, no breaking. Yeah, um, just keep chucking. Um, so the roll bag. I mean, you showcased it nationals like crazy. I mean, it was if there was a blocker, you were rolling around it, no problem whatsoever. Um, how long did it take you to get that in your arsenal? I want to say a month. I just tried to practice for a month, like not not enough where it would mess up my throw, but just enough where I'd learn it and adapt with it. And is it something that you saw? Like, did you see someone roll and you're like, I want to try that? Or did your bag just kind of do it once and you're like, eh, maybe I could do something with that? Jacob Jacob showed me how to do it because he's the one who okay. started doing it. So, okay. so do you throw a roll bag or a flop bag? Like, does your bag come in pretty backloaded and kick and roll, or are you more angle rollover? I think it's, like, right in between both. Yeah. Like, do you put do you put a little extra wrist on it when you go for the roll versus your normal slide? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. A little, little roll flop hybrid there, which is actually, I mean, that's good. That's what I try to do. It's not nearly yeah, as successful as yours, but <laughs> we're not that good at it at all. Um, we're not even good at sliding, but, uh, Corbin. Let's be real. <laughs> all right. You know what? 
when we play, you're going to see what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Whatever. Um, so I've always said, you know, I like the role a little better in certain situations because it's kind of a safer airmail, right? Um, yeah. Do you prefer the role to the airmail or do you have any issue shooting airmails? I prefer rolling it, but I don't I don't have a problem with shooting it either. Right. And it's and I'm with you. Um so you know, roll versus airmail. Are you gonna pick roll nine times out of ten if you can? Yeah. And is it is it just the lack of risk? Yeah, if you if you miss a roll, you're most likely stand on the board. If you miss an airmail, it's probably going off. And that's, that's exactly what I say. See, Eddie, I'm telling you. Yeah, but <laughs> Yeah, but it might miss off to the side. It might not be collectible. It could. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's my just problem. Like my roll misses always goes to the left, you know, because yeah. obviously it's just too much angle and I don't... You your know. airmail off the back of the board isn't collectible I, either. I don't so. miss airmails. <laughs> um, Matt, do you have any tips for anyone trying to learn to roll? Um, you know, I've heard some people say, if you're not throwing a 90 deca, don't try to roll. You know, if you don't have consistency in other shots, don't try to roll. Like, do you have any tips for learning a roll or do you just kind of mess with it? If you, let's see, throw, practice a roll shot, but don't practice it a lot where it messes up your normal slide shot. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that too. And now you said you do backload, right? You're backloading yeah. and kind of just putting some extra angle on there. Is there anything that helped you like get your angle on that bag? Like when Jacob it's, was teaching it, did he tell you like open the door out or like any like right. mental things to like learn? Yeah. Tell me the yeah, open the doorknob is what he told me. And then whenever I started figuring that out, I'd start messing with my fingers whenever I'd release the bag and then that kind of helped me out. So what do you do with your fingers? It's like I I push up with my middle finger and my back three fingers onto the bag, and I think that's what makes it have so much angle on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I'm going to try that when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> unsuccessfully, but he'll try. Very unsuccessfully. I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so ro- I'm rocking the BG jersey because I had to, right? But, like, how did the uh, how did the BG thing come about? You know, you're throwing adva- pro advantages. You make pro. You know, where did the BG opportunity show up from? Uh, they actually watched me try and qualify a rock hill because they knew I was Jacob's cousin and Jacob was already basically sponsored by him last year. And then when we turned pro, that's whenever we signed the contract. So they just reached out to you like, you know, cause they kind of knew who you were already. Yeah. And then, uh, how's it been being a part of the BG team? There's a lot of really good pros on that team. I mean, do, do you get like hang out with the team at all or how, how's it been so far? Oh yeah. And nationals, they, they're all nice and fun to hang around and Rich and Graham are the nicest guys we'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so obviously Jacob Foreman is your partner. I mean, we, like you just said now that he's your cousin, right? We were just with the, I was going to ask like, how did the combination come to fruition? But <laughs> is he someone that you've like always kind of thrown with and whatnot? And you guys kind of grew up playing the game together and just ended up being partners or how, where did the partnership come from? Uh, actually, it was either whoever qualif- whoever went pro first, it was either going to be his dad or me. And his dad made it through application, but I just happened to play Delbert, his dad, in the uh, finals at the last chance qualifier. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. So, it was, so you had to win that to get a partner. 
That's that's hilarious. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, what do you think makes you guys a great team? Do you think it's? I mean, obviously you have the chemistry being family members, and you throw the same bag. I mean, what do you think is the most important part to your team? Whether it's bag comfortability or person to person comfortability? Like, what do you, what do you think makes you guys a good team? Yeah, I think just good chemistry with each other and knowing what each other wants want to do before you actually do it is a great thing to have too. So at the level that you guys are at, I mean, like, I, I think a lot of people when they have a doubles team maybe struggle with being like, you know, like if you're playing singles, if I'm playing singles, right, I might shoot a shot that's more aggressive because it's on me if I miss it, right? Like, like I'm not letting anybody down. Do you feel that in doubles or do you get to the point that you're just like, make the shots you know how to make, I know how to make the shots I know how to make, and you're going to play as aggressive as normal? Yeah, it's like we have the same shots, basically, so... Whatever he wants to go for, I'll let him go for it. And most of the time, we don't call each other off. We'll just go for it. Nice. Um, what do you think? What do you think if, if you know if you were to select a doubles partner ever again? What What do you think is the biggest key to having a good doubles team? Uh, just throwing the same bag, liking the other person throwing back to. Yeah. <laughs> so you think you, you think the same like bag him. is is very important. Yeah, I think it's pretty important. Well, Corbin, you want to talk about practice? Talking about yeah, practice. Let's roll into. <laughs> let's, let's talk about practice. <laughs> now, I mean, we've talked about you're throwing out at uh, Jacob's place, you know, in his shop. Um, do you hit a lot of blind draws around home, or are you just kind of practicing during the week at the shop and then going going out to tournaments on the weekends? Well, uh, we'll go to like a blind draw maybe once a week if that but most of the time it's just that's okay is it just you two or do you guys have other people over uh we'll have it's us two then we'll have some of our cousins and actually two of our cousins are in the aco and then his dad that's the probably the normal people that show up okay and you guys have a practice routine that you hit Mm, no not really we just kind of throw with each other singles doubles i'm so mad at you (laughs) i feel like every single pro we have on here is just like except for ryan windsor because ryan windsor just literally sits and throws by himself for hours on yeah he was really but everybody else has just been like nah i just kind of just play (laughs) i'm like i "I gotta go outside and practice all the damn time (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that kind of kills the next question too i mean it's you just kind of throw bags but if you had to give someone advice on you know certain practice techniques or a routine to use, what would you tell them? This is what I do whenever I throw alone. Sometimes I will set my own blocker and just try to practice whatever I want as if like it's a roll airmail or push. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I agree with that. Cause I think, I think everybody, not everybody, but you put enough time in the boards, you can slide all four in the hole. Right. I mean, like that's not the yeah. hard part, but I think it's once somebody puts obstacles in the way, how do you handle with it? Do you have the left to right cut, right to left cut? Can you push through every yeah. single time? You know, how good's the airmail? So I like yeah. that. Just set up a blocker. I mean, especially anybody listening who's maybe like high competitive or low advanced and really trying to get better. I don't think you need to yeah. practice just sliding bags in the hole because obviously you're good no. enough to do that. You're averaging in seven, eight PPR. I think you're losing the points on missed cuts, dirtying yeah. up the board where you could have cleaned something up, you know, airmail drags that you're missing, like shit, stuff, shots like that. Well, 
what does the rest of the season look like? You know, are you are you going to be hitting more of the opens, and then there's pro shootouts and nationals, or are you do more cash tournaments like around the area and stuff, or like what what's it, what's the next couple months look like for you? I think we'll go to two two or three shootouts, and those are at opens. So we'll go to a couple opens too. Then we're supposed to go to Ventura or Spencer McKenzie. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big cash tournament, and then we got three more nationals, two, and then worlds. So yeah, nice. Yeah, my my cat just felt like opening the door. Uh, I'm going out to Spencer <laughs> McKenzie's as well. So that that should be. I, I heard the event is just insane. Did you end up going last year? No, I didn't. Okay, because I heard it's insane. Honestly, I think a player first of all the fact that bg is sponsoring the event so you can throw bgs because last year you had to slow throw a slide right 2.0s and two i heard if you want to practice get a shop fan and blow it in your face at max (laughs) speed because apparently it's like 35 mile an hour winds the whole time but like people like jacob gore jackson gore did really well because if you have a low hard flat throw then it's fine you can cut through the wind but anybody who's got like a like like I heard Matt and Brett Guy had a really tough time there last year because he just throws it up there nice and easy or whatever, and 35 mile an hour nope. wind is saying, screw off. <laughs> he ain't doing that. <laughs> so I think you should fare well out there. But, yeah, definitely a huge, huge tournament, especially with the ACL taking it over this year. Yeah. But, well, man, it was pretty crazy that uh, taking down singles at the National, that's awesome. Hopefully it gives you a jump start to continue success through the ACL. And hopefully, uh, you know, you and Jacob can have, have some doubles – higher success get on a tv show here too and i know mm-hmm. you guys are just basically like it's it's a it's a when not an if you know i mean you guys just string a couple wins together here i mean again it's 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 always funny to me when people talk about oh this double team is gonna be so good oh it looks like they're disappointing i'm like they're playing against like the top 200 people in the world and like them getting x place is disappointing like i'm like come on man but uh I know you guys, obviously, you're putting in the work and, and showing in singles for sure, but I think having that mental game, like, now where, especially now you're like, well, I know I can win, you know? You, like, it's it's just a lot different yeah. going into the, the future nationals. But really appreciate you stopping by. Talk a little bit about uh, your game, your shot, and uh, kind of the background to you. Hopefully that uh, your the rest of your rookie season goes well. It's crazy that you've only been in the game for, like, under a year of Seriously. play basically which is nuts but uh, it's ridiculous as as you as you continue to uh you know get more stripes under your belt i'm sure we'll see a lot more trophies being raised in the future but um good luck for the rest of the year man really appreciate you joining us thank you thank you for having me on yeah you bet thanks man all right well everybody listening hope you enjoyed the episode uh thanks for supporting the podcast you know 23 episodes is pretty dang cool but next week we got another special guest coming on as well really excited for that one as well but hope you guys have a great rest of your day and rest of your week and we'll catch you guys in the next one thanks guys